Hey guys, we're so excited to share this message with you on the Center Set podcast. My name is Ethan and I lead worship here at Center Set. We'd love for you to download our app so that you can keep up with all that is happening in our community. Text Center Set to 77977 to download. If we have not met, my name is Ali and we are in a collection of talks called Rooted. And for the next 10 weeks as a church, we are going through this book, Deep Discipleship, hoping and believing by God, God's going to root us in him and his word and we're doing something we've never done before we're preaching through our groups and just believing that God's going to touch us and change us and transform us amen and are you excited for God's word today come on I don't know about you though but I love the voice of God I treasure his voice and I think most of us in this room would say I've never heard the audible voice of God yet I can tell you God God speaks to me If you've never heard his voice, I want to teach you how to hear his voice today. His voice is precious. His voice is is a treasure to me. It's valuable. And there are seasons where sometimes we doubt the leading and guiding of God, but you are a son and daughter of God. And he's not just a king, he's a father. And fathers long to speak to their children. Whenever I find myself in a fork in the road, where do I go? Who do I marry? Do I take this job? Do I move to that city? who sees the beginning and the end. And sometimes though, when we pray, it's only one directional. We bring our list to him and we never pause for him to speak to us. And sometimes God will say, we just slow down. We just stop talking. I have something to say. The title of my talk today is, don't make God interrupt you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants to speak to you today. Turn to your other neighbor that you forsaked in church and you abandoned. Turn to him and say, or her, and say, God wants to speak to you today. Let me read you today's word. It comes out of Matthew. Sorry, my iPad is not ready. Matthew chapter 17. And this is year three of Jesus' ministry, just to give you some context. Starting in verse one, six days later, Jesus took Peter and his two brothers, James and John, and led them up a mountain to be alone. Let me give you some context. Jesus, at this point, he has a dream team of 72 people. Because in Luke chapter 11, he sends out the 72 two by two. So if you're part of the dream team of centers, can you holler back? Come on. If you are on the fence with our church, come on, go all in. You're going to make your best friends, not sitting in a chair, but rubbing shoulders with people. We have a, Jesus calls them disciples. We call them our dream team. Jesus had a dream team of 72. But listen, Jesus, of the 72, he took 12 that he trusted, that he, that he knew their character. And he said, I want to give you some authority and leadership. The Bible calls those apostles. In our church, they're called team leads. People who help carry the vision, help push the culture forward. And of the 12, listen, Jesus did ministry with 72. He did leadership with 12 but he did friendship with three. Sometimes the disciples, I could just see them writing a letter. Jesus, you're so exclusive. You only hang out with those three. What about us? And Jesus still hung out with those three. As the men watched, this is James, John, and and Peter. Jesus' appearance was transformed. That his face shone like the sun. And his clothes became as white as light. Suddenly, someone say suddenly. That's a preacher word. Everybody, every pastor loves suddenly. 
Moses and Elijah appear. It's an old G party. The original gangsters are showing up. Moses and Elijah appeared and they began talking to Jesus because Jesus existed before them. Peter exclaimed, Lord, it is wonderful for us to be here. If you want, we make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. But even as he spoke, a bright, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. I love that. Listen to him. The disciples were terrified and fell face down on the ground. Then Jesus came over and touched them and said, get up. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone and they only saw Jesus. I want to spend a moment praying before we begin. Can you guys bow your heads and close your eyes? God, we, we long to hear your voice. We long to hear the, the voice of heaven. But God, sometimes all we do is talk. Sometimes you got to interrupt us. God, we're believing today you're going to you're going to teach us how to hear your voice. We came in one way, God. We're going to leave another. We're going to talk like you. We're going to love like you. We're going to act like you. We're going to be transformed and become like you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. I pray, God, for those that are that have never heard your voice, that don't even know that you're real. Would you reveal yourself to them, God? Speak to them because they're your children love them. If you believe that prayer, everybody said, everybody said, come on. shows the divinity of Jesus. Jesus is not just a, a teacher. He's not just a rabbi. He's not just another dude who's got good things to say. He, he clearly shows he's God. And maybe you, you've watched The Wizard of Oz and you think this is a magic trick. No, this is the scriptures recording that Jesus literally was God in the flesh. And either we have two choices. Either he's crazy or he says who he says he was. And his clothes begin to glow. You know, this is before LED lights and the blue man show in Vegas, Jesus was the white man show in, in Jerusalem. And his face shines like the sun. And Peter is like, OMG, let me build you a sandcastle. No, 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 let me correct that. Let me build you a cabin. No, 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 let me build you a house. How about a church? Let me, let me build you a statue. And he's just rambling and going on and on. And literally, God the Father from heaven has to interrupt him. Read this verse, but even... As he spoke, he's speaking, rambling, talking about God. And God's like, dude, chill out. Let me read you the Ali Rui translation. Peter, shut up. Sometimes you're extra. I love you, though. But you don't just have a teacher next to you. This is Emmanuel. This is God. That wonderful counselor, the mighty God that we've been talking about, that, that's him right here. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He, there are problems in your life, Peter, that you can't solve. But if you let him speak, he'll guide you. Peter, listen to him. I think we need that revelation today. 
that we need the voice of God. Because often what we do is, if I can be very honest, we have a personal relationship with God that's not very personal. Because we treat God like a genie. We got, God, I need some help at my work. God, can you help me get that promotion? And we bring our list. We bring our complaints. We bring our issues and needs and wants. And all not bad things. God loves to talk to his children. I, I never get annoyed. Sometimes I do. <laughs> when my kids ask for some stuff. And your father in heaven is way more patient than me. He, he loves to hear your voice. But there are times, listen, that he wants to speak to you. He longs to talk to you. And. Uh, I, lo- I love that our Father in heaven, he wants prayer to be two ways. Uh, this last fall in September 2021, we all went through something very traumatic. And even me mentioning it right now, it's going to cause trauma and pain to come up. And it wasn't COVID, it wasn't something political, but it was something that, remember when, where were you when 9-11 happened? We all, we all remember where we were, we, when we heard the news. This is one of those moments in life that we're going to tell our children about it's the day in September when Instagram, Facebook, and WhatsApp were down for four hours. I know. I know. Some of you couldn't breathe that day for four hours. Some of you didn't know how you could live if you didn't tell people what you were having for coffee that morning. I know. It was a painful day. I, I thought my phone was broken. So I restarted it. Stupid phone. And then I went to my router. Anybody do that? Come on. Any honest people? You restarted the router. What's going on? And... You were then, and then I got desperate. I, I'm confess. This is therapy for me. I started texting friends, guys. I can't breathe. Where is Instagram? And it was funny the response because half my people were suffering like me. Anyone suffer when it went down? I don't remember that moment. But then there were some people who didn't even know. They couldn't even care less. Like Instagram was out. Come on. Where are my people at? They didn't even know. Oh, okay. God, God bless these people. We have some spirit-filled people who are not demonic like your pastor. Come on, pray for me. But it was funny because some people, it was a tragedy. They couldn't breathe. They couldn't function. Other people didn't even notice it was gone. And in the same way, I got to ask you a very difficult question. If the voice of God, if God stopped speaking to you today, would you even notice? See, see, see we go through life wanting to do it our way. and We make our own choices. We make our own decisions. And we often come to God and say, God, I want to do this and I want to do that. But we never let him speak into the process. And we have our voice to the radio. We have our ear to NPR. We have our ear to Fox News or CNN, whatever your channel is. And I'm not making a political statement. I'm just, just trying to push everyone's buttons, not just one person's button. And we have our voice to culture. We have our ear to, to our friends. But none of us have an ear to God. Because when Instagram goes down, it's a tragedy. But if God stops speaking, would it be a tragedy? Would it be a tragedy if you couldn't hear his voice? And the book of Proverbs says it like this, starting in verse 4, is, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Some of you in Silicon Valley, that's, that's, that's your life. You build a business, you grind, you hustle, you, you get that promotion at work. It's all dependent on you, on your work ethic. And sometimes we bring that attitude to the kingdom, that I need to get, find a spouse. I need to advance in the kingdom. And There are moments in life where you realize you don't know where to go left or right. Only God will tell you which way to go. And and God is literally trying to tell you there will be problems that your money, your education, your good looks can't solve. Only my voice can. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. I love this. It says, listen for God's voice in everything you do. It's this posture that you're like this. You're leaning in on your marriage. 
You're leaning in on your, on, on, on your career. You're leaning in on your kids. God, I don't know what to do. And you're, you're leaning in, trying to find wisdom and courage on what to do. And it says, listening for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one. Everywhere you go, he's the one that will keep you on track. I wrote that note this. If you don't hear God's voice, how can you have a personal relationship with him? See, when, he, when we talk to someone, often we realize it's not one way, it's two ways. Because we know what the other person's thinking, we know their desires, we, we know what's on their mind. And I remember there was this one time in elementary school, there was this socially awkward kid. I was one of those kids, but this dude was super socially awkward, you know. And just because I had compassion on him, I would say hi to him every once in a while. And little by little, I, I, I later found out he considered me one of his best friends. I'm like, What? Like, I barely knew the guy, but he thought that because I spoke to him, because I said hello, we were best friends. And sometimes that's how we treat God. The conversation's one way, and we think the relationship is somewhere, but it's not really there. And, and, and often what we got to realize is for there to be a personal relationship, we gotta, we got to ask God how he's thinking, what it's on his mind. Did you know that God has a will? Did you know that God has a desires? He has an agenda. God loves Mexican pizza from Taco Bell. Did you know that? Have you ever asked him that? He has a football team. It's the Niners. Come on. At least in this country he does. And, and often have we ever gone to God's God, what's on your mind, God? What are you thinking about? What God, what's breaking your heart? And for there to be a, an intimate relationship, sometimes we got to be honest, our personal relationship with Jesus is not so personal because we do all the talking. I just believe if you're willing to come to church at 5 o'clock on a Saturday, y'all are crazy. I love you. I love pastoring. You want to hear his voice. You, and if you've never heard it, there are some of you in this room, you've never heard God's voice. I want to teach you how to do that. There are some of you, I should just be very honest, you, you used to hear his voice. But COVID and two kids and a job and, and life has, has drowned out the voice and you have forgotten what it's like. And there are others of you in this room that you were told that God does not speak. He speaks to the Pope and the Pope speaks to you. And others of you, let's just be transparent and honest. You're holding something that God doesn't want to hold, so you don't want to hear his voice. Because you're afraid he might take that thing away. I wrote down like this. If, if you don't know the voice of God, it will be difficult to have a personal relationship with him. Someone say, God, speak. God, speak. You need to hear the voice of God. And, and God wants to speak to you today. No matter who you are, no matter how long you've been away from church or maybe you've been coming for years and you haven't heard, God wants to speak to you. And I want to give you some biblical theology. It's really around this idea, uh, this doctrine that it is the nature of God to speak. God is a speaking God. And if you've ever gone to a construction site, that you, whether it was 1905 or 2005, they are still building homes the same way. Men and women take up a hammer and nails and they are building the house with their hands. And uh, and even if you think, oh, Pastor Ali, they have modern equipment, fine. Whether it's a, a hammer and nails or a nail gun, they're still using their hands to build the house. Construction in America is done by our hands. When God constructed the world, he did not use his hands. He spoke it. I, I've built Legos. Any, anyone have kids that built Legos? It takes hours. I wish I could just snap my fingers and it'd be done. And That's what God did. He he spoke the world, and as, as a group, we all read Rooted this last week together on Genesis chapter 1, where God spoke, and God spoke, and God spoke. He created the heavens and the earth, and he created light and darkness. He created the animals in the sea, like Nemo and Ariel, and then he created the birds in the air and the, the, the animals on, on the ground. And, and God created the worlds not with his, with his opposable thumbs, but with his tongue. Why? Because God is a speaking God. Someone say, God speaks. God speaks. 
And then God, when he wanted to communicate to his people, he didn't send them text messages. He didn't send a carrier pigeon. He spoke prophetically to his prophets. And then his prophets would then speak to his people. Why? Because God is a speaking God. So often that they would write down what God said. That's what the scriptures are. It's the prophetic declaration of what God is saying. These are his words. All scripture is not man-breathed. It's God-breathed. Why? Because our God is a speaking God. And Hebrews chapter 1 says that God spoke it many times in various ways, but now he speaks through his son Jesus. And some of you are wondering, what is God like? How does he treat his enemies? Is he kind? Is he a Republican? Is he a Democrat? You need to look to Jesus. Because the way that he treats people, the way that he loves those that are far from, that's who God, he is the manifestation of the glory of God. And Jesus was a speaking God. Why? Because God speaks. And some of you in this room, you came from maybe a Catholic background. That God speaks to the Pope. And the Pope gets up behind a mic and speaks to everyone. But first Peter breaks that. Because says, you are a royal priesthood. You are a, a holy nation. And God doesn't just want to speak to him. God wants to speak to you. If, if you are in Christ, you're a priest. And God wants to speak to you. And some of you come from a different tradition. That God spoke when he created the scriptures. Now he's done speaking. Well, I always love challenging that thought. Because I'll show, where's that verse that says God doesn't speak anymore? Because our God is a speaking God. Someone say, God speaks. God speaks. In 2017, Pastor Yaz and I, we... We got assessed to plant a church. And if you ever watch the NFL, uh, the Super Bowls tomorrow, but in, a co- in the next month or in two months, there's something called the NFL Combine. Anybody know what the NFL Combine is? Basically, they take the top 300 college football players, they bring them to this camp, and then they evaluate them on their strength, their intelligence, their speed, and they try to identify, are these people qualified to go to the NFL? And then they have a draft. We want to pick that person on that per- The church world has an, a, a, an NFL Combine. It's called a church planting assessment, where they evaluate you based on your leadership, your teaching, your your character, your calling. Are you qualified to plant a church? And I remember I was in a room full of, like, leaders of leaders. There was this one woman in the room I'll never forget. I was like, why is she here? I had looked up to her. She was a, a leader of leaders. She's nationally known. She's very famous. Her husband is even more famous than her. And I got to spend some time with her privately, and she said some weird things to me. She says, Allie, the way you talk is as if God speaks to you. Are you one of those weird Christians that think God speaks to him? And man, I remember thinking, this lady's my mentor. I'm not going to argue with her. I'll argue with everyone else, though, but not her. <laughs> and I didn't even know what to say. And I remember thinking, I can't even be, imagine being part of a family where your dad doesn't speak to you. I can't even imagine being, not talking to my daughters. And, and so often, even those who are big in the faith, we're small in our theology sometimes. God is a speaking God. And I remember uh, A.W. Tozer says it like this, the one who does not expect God to speak will discount every single time that God does speak. And I remember thinking, Where, where's that verse? And there's not one, there's not one verse in the Bible, not even one that says God's done speaking. God is a speaking God. God wants to speak to his children. And you need his voice for your marriage, for your career, for your parenting. When, you, when, you, when that doctor say you have that one disease that they can't help you, who are you going to go to? God, you need hope. When you need direction, when you need help, when you need uh, hope in a hopeless situation, who are you going to go to? God will speak in the pain. God will speak in your suffering. God will speak when there is no hope because God is a speaking God. Someone say God speaks. God wants to speak to you question is, are you desperate enough to hear his voice? Because we'll come to church and we'll pray, but often we won't pause. I love the, the book of Psalms says, be still. Someone say, be still. Be still. 
And then it says, and know that I am God. There's a knowing that only happens in the stillness. When you stop talking and you let God speak. There's this uh, verse in John 10 where Jesus is speaking. He's talking about his relationship with us. He says, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. I want to tell you, that no one in here is from an agrarian culture. Maybe you're maybe from Modesto and you're from farmland. Thank you. We love you. But most of us, we're more familiar with iPhones and, and iPads. And if you have an Android device, we're praying for you because that's not a phone. And, and, and first century, no one wanted to be a shepherd because you'd be out in the field by yourself for hours. There was no iPad. You couldn't text people. You couldn't just sit there and watch Netflix for a few hours. All you had was the company of your sheep. And this is why in Psalm 23 says, your staff and your rod, they come from me. You. you didn't have a gun. So if a lion came or if a bear came, you had to use your shepherding staff. You turn it over and you use that rod of the shepherd's staff to defend against animals. And these, sh- these sheep are dumb. Jesus is not saying we're dumb. I'll explain what he's saying in a moment. But they, but they know the voice of their shepherd. And there'd be times where shepherds, they were so bored, they want to congregate in groups. Like five shepherds would come together and they bring all, let's say each of them had like 200 sheep. Imagine a field with a thousand sheep. You're like, oh my gosh, I showed up with 200. How are my 200 going to follow me? What the shepherd would do, he would stay in the corner and he'd, ah, he'd say something, right? I don't even know how they speak in Hebrew. He'd say something. It sounded like tongues, I'm sorry. We're not supposed to do that in the service. He'd say something. And the sheep would come because they knew their shepherd's voice. That's what God wants to do with you. And often in the scriptures, he talks about sheep and goats. He's not trying to say you're hairy or you have horns. Well, some of you are hairy, but we're not going to go there, right? (laughs) But the analogy, the metaphor is that sheep, they listen to the voice of the shepherd. Goats are stubborn. They don't listen to anyone. I have two goats at home. Play for me, please. (laughs) And that's one of the ways that you know you're a follower of Jesus. Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. It is an expectation to hear your father's voice. Those who believe it will hear it. I remember when I was 24 years old, I got saved. And I don't say this in a negative way. I just went to a Southern Baptist church. And it was God the Bible, God the Son, God the, God the Father. There was no Holy Spirit. There was no voice of God. God spoke. He wrote the Bible. That's it. And I remember asking the pastor, who is this Holy Spirit in the scriptures? Don't, no, no, don't avoid. He's, don't be one of those weird people. And I was there for two years, and then I came to a church in San Jose. My previous pastor was called Kamil Navai. He was an Iranian pastor. and uh, I remember he preached a sermon about going into your prayer closet and shutting off the voice of the world so you can hear his voice. And imagine, I'm a Christian for like 18 months. I've never heard of the personal voice of God. So I just did what he did. Uh, for three months, as a 26, 27-year-old, I literally would drive home because I was only like 10 minutes away. I'd, I'd literally go into my prayer I'd put a stool in my prayer closet, and I'd sit down. I'm like, this is so weird. Why does Jesus want me to do this? And then I'd close the door, and it was like dark and then weird. And if you're anything like me, I'd pray for like two minutes, and I'd run out of things to say. And I'd sit there, okay. And I did it every day for three months where I just kept praying. And it was a season in my life where I was, if I can be transparent, very depressed. I was addicted to alcohol. Could not break my porn addiction. A year and a half prior, 
My ex had left me for someone else. I was lonely. I was hurting. I was in a dark place. And a miracle happened in the prayer closet. I heard the voice of God. And it wasn't an audible voice. It was still a small voice. Well, God said, I love you, Allie. I'm proud of you. And my dad, if I haven't shared him, and I had a very broken relationship. He was physically and verbally abusive. And that trauma kills something inside of you. When you try to numb the pain with alcohol and porn, as good as it feels in the moment, it kills something inside of you. When you love someone with all of your heart and they reject you, that kills something inside of you. And when I heard God's voice, it revitalized, it brought to life something I didn't know was alive. I felt a joy, I felt a high. I was better than weed, better than porn, better than anything I'd experienced. And it revived something in me that had been dead for so long. And I remember running to my pastor, my pastor! I heard God's voice! And he, he's like, yeah, God speaks. And he kind of walked away. Because it was normal to him. I had lived my whole life without hearing his voice, and he had gone every day hearing his voice. And I want to tell you, it's normal to hear the voice of God. God wants to speak to you. God wants to talk to you. You're his child, and he longs to teach you. He longs to speak to you. Yes, prayer is one way, but it's two ways. Someone shout, God speaks! He wants to speak to you. And uh, the, the, the theologian Jose Ortega says this, Tell me what you pay attention to, and I'll tell you who you are. Are you paying attention to social media? Or are you paying attention to the voice of God? Are we paying attention to the voice of CNN? Or are we paying attention to the scriptures? Are you paying attention to what culture says? Or are we paying attention to what Jesus says? And what I love about the scriptures is, is God, this, through the scriptures, will give you the, the, the general will of God. But God wants to speak something specific. And I'm so thankful that Pastor Yasmin, in 2011, she was single, ready to mingle, right? <laughs> she was looking for a hottie with a body. I'm right here. But she had to fast. For 40 days, this girl fasted. And when she was praying, do I go to Texas or do I stay here in California? And I'm so thankful that Pastor Yaz believes in the voice of God. Because if she didn't, you know who she would have married? Some white boy named John. Maybe a, maybe a Jewish name named Matthew, you know, maybe a rough writer named Judas. We don't know. But if she'd only believed in the general will of God, she would not have married Ali Rue. You know how I know? Because my name is not in the Bible. But during those 40 days, she began to pray, and God began to put me on her heart. And she's like, no, Lord, but I'll do it. And I'm so grateful that Pastor Yaz heard the voice of God and obeyed it. Amen? God wants to speak to you. Some of you in this room, you're single, and just like her, eight years ago, you were ready to mingle. And the question is, who do I marry? God, do I take this job? Do I move to that city? And you'll get these crossroads in life where you don't know what to do. Your wisdom won't tell you what to do. Your friends can't tell you what to do. Your parents don't know what to do. But the voice of God wants to speak to you. Not the, the, the general will, but the specific will. God speaks. Someone shout, God speaks. Maybe at this point you believe that God does speak. And the question then becomes this. How do I know, Pastor Ali? how do I know if God is speaking to me? How do I know it's not the pizza from last night? How do I know it's not the devil? How do I know it's not my friends? How do I know it's not my pain? How do I know it's not my, 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 my neighbors? How do I know it's not culture? How do I know it's the voice of God? And I want to read you this quote. God longs, wants to speak to 
wants you to hear his voice more than you want to hear his voice. And yes, God speaks through his general will. But I want to teach you how to hear his specific will because he wants to speak to you. Amen? And there's uh, this video I want to show you. I want to give you some background on it while they, they're starting it. It's going to start off kind of slow. It's, it's, it's what happens when sheep hear their shepherd's voice. What's happening is there are a bunch of people and they're going to a farm. And they're, blah, blah, blah. I got the language from that. I don't know what they're saying. One more time. But they're trying to call the sheep. And look what happens. The first buster comes up, nothing. Second dude, or girl, comes up. Oh, they know their father's voice. They don't respond to a stranger. I only know Pastor Alan if it's my father's voice. Watch what happens here. This is the shepherd. Notice the sheep don't come the first time. Look at them, look at them. Oh, oh my gosh! 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 <laughs> God wants to speak to you. And I know in the very beginning, you, you may not know if it's his voice. I want to teach you today, how do you know if it's God's voice? I remember when I was in seminary, our professor wanted to challenge us to hear God's voice. Like, I want you to just study. I want you to practice hearing the voice of God. So we, if I get, Pastor Yas, can you come in for a second? I know I didn't tell you, I did it on purpose. <laughs> if I get you for a second. And I, we were in class, and we're in seminary, and no matter where you were sitting in the classroom, he's like, get up, everyone. We all get up. He's like, turn to your neighbor, place your hands on the shoulder, and then ask God for a word. I was like, this is so spiritual. <laughs> and I was like way off in the beginning. So I put my hands on, on the, my, whoever my, who was sitting next to me that day. I'd be like, is there a balloon in your life? <laughs> no. Are you, gonna, are you hungry? And every week I'd be wrong. And like a month and a half in, I remember, I said, God, I want to hear your voice for this person. I just still, stilled my soul. I said, you're looking for a job. And he's like, how the hell did you know that? Because <laughs> I learned. I trained myself to hear his voice. Because our God's a speaking God. You can go sit down. Thanks, Thank babe. You. Super awkward. Thank you. Can we give her a round of applause? Put her on the spot. And what I want to encourage you, you may not recognize the voice of God in the beginning. That's okay. The sheep didn't recognize the voice of the shepherd in the beginning. But the more you seek his voice, the more you seek your creator, you'll be able to recognize his voice. Because his sheep, they know the voice of the shepherd. Amen? I want to give you a framework on how do you know if it's God speaking to you. There are four questions I want you to write down. If, you, if you've never taken notes in church, let's take notes in church today. Question number one, they're going to ask, does it line up with Scripture? The voice of God will never contradict the word of God. The spoken word will never break the written word. If God tells you to kill your spouse, that's not Jesus. 
That's a demon named Jose, okay? That's not the voice of God. God will never, excuse me if your name is Jose, I'm just using that as an example, come on. God will never contradict. I hear people, God just wants me to be happy, Allie. He wants me to divorce my spouse. That's not God. That's your flesh. Because God will never contradict the scriptures. And so often, the pain that we cause is because we don't know the scriptures. And the average person pre-COVID spent two hours, two hours on social media. After COVID, that number doubled to four hours a day. Let me tell you why that's so dangerous. I read an article that I saw on Facebook. It says 19, 19 out of 20 Christian pages on Facebook weren't even run by Christians. Half of them were run by Christ, or Russian trolls. These are non-believers preaching God, pretending to preach God's word. And what's so crazy is that Christians don't know the word, so they're liking these pages and then sharing these things, liking heretical things because they don't know the word. God wants to speak to you. And he doesn't need to use Facebook, by the way. So if you say, like, oh, I'm just going on Facebook because I want to hear God's No, you don't need Facebook. <laughs> what you should do is get off Facebook and get your face in the book. It's very different. But when he does speak, listen, he's never going to contradict the word. Amen? And priority, number, number two, if you're taking notes, is this. That does it bring you closer to Jesus? So the first question I ask is, what does the scripture say? The second question is, does it bring you closer to Jesus? Because Jesus, when he meets you, when you read the stories of Jesus in the scriptures, he comes to people in their low point. He comes to people in their, in their worst possible moment. I love the story in John chapter 8 where they bring a naked woman. She probably has a towel around her waist. She's a prostitute. And Jesus loves her and, goes and, and says, go and sin no more. And the voice of God builds you up in your low point. The voice of the enemy tears you down. The way you know it's the voice of Satan versus the voice of God is that it brings you closer to Jesus. When you're hearing that voice, you shouldn't go to church. After what you did? Oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. If they know who you really are, they wouldn't love you. That's not the voice of God. That's the voice of condemnation. That's the voice of shame. That The voice that makes you want to hide is never the voice of God. And sometimes we think, oh, if, only if I do something bad. No, no, no. Pastor Yaz and I hear that voice all the time. Listen, Jesus heard that voice. In Luke chapter 4, he's baptized. He's done nothing wrong. He's sinless. And the, the heavens open up and God says, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. He's done no miracles, but God's praising him. And he, the Bible says that he goes into the desert for 40 days. And he, he's tested by Satan. They don't, they don't play Uno, by the way. They're not playing chess. They're not arm wrestling. They're debating scripture. You need to know that the enemy will use the scriptures to cut you down. God will use the same scriptures to build you up. Do you know the voice of God? Because he's going to come and say, you can't go to church. You haven't been in a year. Oh, my gosh. You, if, if you did that, you had a divorce, you, you're an adulterer. And the voice of the enemy will want to tear you down. But when you know the scriptures, you know that I'm loved. Not on my best day, on my worst day. That God's for me, that he's got my back, that I'm called, that I'm anointed, that I'm created for good works. Come on, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. That greater is he that is in me than in the world. Am I getting anyone excited? That He says that, that if I'm with you, who can be against you? Amen. I don't even believe that today. But so often we've lived our life hearing the voice of condemnation, that you can't, that you're not good enough, and we think that's God's voice. Mark Patterson, the author and pastor, says this in his book, Whisper, How to Hear the Voice of God. If your life is off-key, maybe it's because you've 
deafened by the negative self-talk that doesn't let God get a word in. Maybe you've listened to the voice of criticism so long that you can't believe anything else about yourself. Or maybe it's the enemy's voice of condemnation that speaks lies about who you really are. If you don't silence those competing voices, they'll eventually deafen you. You won't be able to sing God's songs because you won't be able to hear his voice. If you can't hear his voice, you can't have a personal relationship and God wants to speak to you. Someone say, God speaks. This third one, I just got to warn you before I go there, it's going to make you angry. This is the one that's going to challenge some of you, especially if you've been going to church for a long time. It's this. Number question number three is, what does the church say? So the first question is, what does Scripture say? Does it line up to the Word? Second question is, does it bring me closer to Jesus? And this third question is, what does the church say? Because you're not a Christian in isolation. You're a church, Christian in community. And I love this verse. In Acts, one of my favorite verses, Acts 15, 28. Let me give you context to this verse. This is, many theologians say, 15 to 20 years after Jesus has died, resurrected, and gone to heaven. The church in, in Jerusalem has exploded. Literally half the city is now Christian. In Silicon Valley, we have 98% unchurched. In Jerusalem at this time, when this verse was written, it's 50% churched. And it's so much so that in Acts 13, they are now sending Christians out, out of Jerusalem to go plant churches in other cities. And now so many Jews and non-Jews, the, word, the Bible uses the word Gentile, are coming to faith. And Jews, even when they came out of this culture, this lifestyle, they would bring that culture into Christianity. So when they got saved, even though it was by faith alone, they'd still get circumcised. And then they'd see these Gentiles who didn't want to snip, snip. Like, you need to snip, snip. And the Gentiles said, no, it's by faith alone. And, and there was this, this was one of the first debates within Christianity. Is it faith and works? Do I need to get baptized? Do I need to do good things? Or is it by faith alone? And the Bible says that the church leaders, they gathered, and in unity they prayed to hear God's voice. And it says this, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Someone say us. That's the local church. To not burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. And I, I think sometimes as Christians, it's important for us to understand church history. It's important to us to understand good theology and doctrine. I wrote down because it's important for us to be in fellowship with one another so that we hear the voice of God together. Because yeah. God will never tell you something that he doesn't say at this church. And often I'm just going to be very blunt. I, I get people, all the Pastor Yaz especially, because she does way more counseling than I do. She's way better at that than I am. People come to us, God told me. And it puts me in an awkward situation. Because now you want me to tell you not to listen to the voice of God, and I, want, and I want you to listen to the voice of God. But what you're really doing is using the God card to get what you really want. And you're wanting me to affirm you. God told me that we're married, Pastor Ali, in our hearts. In your heart? Is this the first girlfriend you were in your heart? Oh, this is my second one. Oh, so the other girlfriend that you were married to that in your heart, are you now cheating on the fat one going with this one? And he didn't have anything to say. And you know, all the time, well, God, Pastor Ali wants me to be happy. He wants me to live with my girlfriend. Are you sure? And oh, Pastor Ali, I know this person's not saved. I know they're not a, a believer, but God told me it's going to be okay. He wants me to marry them. And they've already made a decision. And they're just pulling out the God card because they want me to agree with them, and I can't. Why? Because it's good to the Holy Spirit and us. God will never speak to you something that he won't speak to the local body. And often when Christians say that and they push that, what they're saying is, I want to listen to Jesus, but not the church. And really, functionally, Jesus is the head of the church, and the church is the body. What you're doing is you're decapitating Jesus. 
you can't have a healthy body that's decapitated. And this is where why historical Christianity is so important. I'm not interested in what progressive Christians say or what Christians say or these new modern thinkers say. I, I want to know what 2,000 years of history, history has been teaching. That life matters. That marriage is defined in the scriptures. And, and I know it makes me upset too. But I willingly submit my life not just to the scriptures. There are times my board, I'm under there. Every pastor should have a pastor. There are times where I want to make decisions. I don't agree with you. I want to do this. My board says, you need to submit, Allie. It, it seems good to the Holy Spirit and us. And if everyone on my board is saying one thing and I'm saying the other, that means I'm the one in the wrong. And I have to humble myself. And it's challenging. And I see this all the time in church. When they want me to affirm what they believe, when they want me to affirm that decision even though it's ungodly they they leave the church and they go find people that will reaffirm what they and it's basically what our culture calls echo chambers that you you only hang out with people who agree with you who say what you say and if they don't then they leave and that's the most dangerous place to be because god's not speaking to you because you're holding on to that thing not to jesus what does the church say and i know there's going to be pushback in your heart what if the church is abusive this is not mars hill come on I got to say it because that is the excuse that people will push back. If I've been abusive, I, I would love for you to come and put me on trial. I left a high-paying job, not because I wanted money, because I wanted to help people. This is not Mars Hill. This is a church. We're preaching Jesus, historical Jesus. Amen? First question is, does it line up with Scripture? Second question does it bring you closer to Jesus? Third question, what does the church say? Because he'll never say something to you that he won't say to the local church. It was good to us and the Holy Spirit. Question number four, does it bring peace? Does it bring, and it's like a muscle, man. In the very beginning, when you try to hear God's voice and there's confusion, you don't know what to do. And almost like when you start doing push-ups, anybody do the push-up challenge in covid Remember, at the beginning of COVID, I couldn't do 30 push-ups. By the end of COVID, I could do 100. Come on. Because like a muscle, I got better and better. Hearing God's voice is like that. I've been walking with God for 15 years. Now. I know my father's voice. I'm going to share a story with you that I've never really shared. In July of 2021, there was a building that was available in downtown San Jose. It's the Corinthian Ballroom. The owner wanted 12 grand a month. I talked him down to eight. He even allowed us to, if we want to, store all of our stuff inside the Corinthian ballroom. We didn't even need a trailer anymore. Went to the trailer, went to the Corinthian ballroom, not once, but twice. The one showed me around, and I did prayer walks around the building. I walked through the building, and I did not feel the peace of God. And I'm going to be honest, my staff, where is he? He was upset with me. He's over here. He said, what do you mean we're not going? And my wife and I, we, her, she, got it, she heard it first, but she waited for me to hear it. We had no peace about going there. I don't know why. Sometimes the voice of God doesn't make sense. But God's not a God of confusion. He'll bring peace in that situation. I remember I called up one of my friends and said, hey, I got a building for you. He's like, why aren't you taking it? And my God told me no. I've been walking with God long enough. I know the shepherd's voice. And the challenge for you is this. God wants to speak to you, but you got to make a choice to hear his voice. Would you treasure his voice? 
Would you let him guide you? Would you let him help you? 2020 and I, in 2019, I almost every month I'd fly to LA to spend the day with my mentor. 2020, obviously COVID, all that ended. It didn't really begin until the fall of 2021 where I started traveling for business again. And I went, I was going to a trip in Dallas and the night before my daughter, Sophia, she comes up to me and says, dad, I got, a, I got a card for you. And often she would draw something, a picture and, and then hands me, she's like, but dad, you can't open it. You gotta open it tomorrow. And she hugged me and prayed for me. And the next morning, like 5 a.m., I left for, for Dallas. And I'm on this airplane. And I pull out my iPad or my, my computer. And I pull out this card, this, this envelope, thinking it's a picture. Like, a, like she dropped pictures for me. It was a note card. And in it, she wrote, Dad, I love you. Have a great trip in Dallas. We'll miss you. I'm like, your mom definitely helped you, right? <laughs> And I don't know if it was like they were doing construction on the airplane, but there was a lot of sawdust. My eyes were a little watery. I don't know why. But what I was going through in that moment, the whole world stopped because my daughter wrote me a card. She wanted to speak to me. I, I still have that card. Do you treasure God's voice like that? Do you say, God, I want to hear your voice. All of the voices need to stop. I want to hear you. Do you treasure the voice of God? Do you long for your God to give you direction? Because sometimes we're praying so much like Peter that we won't even let God speak. Don't let God interrupt you. Someone say, God speak. God speak. I remember in 2000, and it was 2010, I was a youth pastor at the Iranian Christian Church with Pastor Conville, and he, he had like 20 of us go on a mission trip. This is my last story. I'm done after this. We took 20 kids to Mexico. Went to Mexicali, Mexico. We took two huge SUVs, 15 passenger vans, and we had a, a large trailer on the back. We took clothes, we took toys, you name it. We took everything we can to go bless this one little church in Mexicali. And the people we took, half of them weren't even Christian. They just wanted to come hang out. And the prayer was, God, encounter them. And let me tell you, this is not like a, a, a four seasons mission trip. This is like you sleep in a tent. 600 kids share 15 porta potties and if you use the restroom when the sun comes up oh my god you need a gas mask right and you brush your teeth with a bottle of water and no showers you go in righteous you you come back ratchet you go in like your first first world you come back looking like you're homeless we all know what girls look like when they don't have makeup because you didn't have a makeup by day four. Whoa, you look like that? Oh my God. I have to rethink this. Come on, I know it's mean, but it's the truth. And we had this incredible encounter where 20 kids from our church got to feel the presence of God. Their lives, I saw it, they changed. We drive on a Sunday afternoon and we didn't come back till Thursday night, 10 o'clock. We all came back and went home and the next day, Half of them text me, Ali, we gotta go. We're having dinner at Santana Road, let's go. And I show up and they are dressed to a T, ready to go to the club. I was so heartbroken. I'm like, we just spent a week with God. Now you're gonna go back? And I remember in that moment, I, I prayed this prayer in my heart. God, if you could ever start a church at Santana Row, for those that are thirsty, that think alcohol and that life is gonna quench it, but God, they need you. I forgot that prayer. You know, fast forward 2017, 
It's two months before we launched this church. It's April 1st, 2017. We're about to have our first preview service in July. We still don't have a building. And we met two pastors, Dr. Wayne Mankari and John Tower. They meet me at Coquilla at Santana Row. Like, Ali, show me the list of buildings. I'm like, bro, here, I knocked on all these doors. And I remember one of them asked, have you asked God where he wants you to go? I said, no, 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 I've been praying. I got a list. He's like, no, 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 those are where you want to go. He's like, did you ask where God wants you to go? I said, oh, you're good. You're, you should think about being a pastor. That's good right there. And so right there, we were having coffee. We stopped and we prayed, God, where do you want us to start this church? Speak, God. Someone say, God, speak. A week later, I'm doing a prayer walk, and God reminds me of that prayer in 2010 that I had forgotten. Santana Row wasn't even on the list. And I called the hotel and said, hey, I'd love a meeting with you. I was so afraid. They'd say, no, I didn't even say we're a church. We're a nonprofit. Didn't lie. Come on now. We want to have gatherings in your build, on your ballroom on Sunday mornings. So I took Clint with me. We go, we go in, and she's like, what are you? Who, what do you want? And she asked all these questions, very afraid. And she's like, well, let me talk to my, my, my manager, my GM, and I'll get back to you. I guess there was another hotel, because it's a chain, that has a church in it. She's like, we'd love to have you. $4,000 a week. God, I didn't hear your voice. I heard Satan. Come on. And Clint, being from sales, is like, push back. Offer 50%. I'm like, you can't do that. It's like, we do it all the time in the business world. So I wrote an email. We'd love to pay you $2,000 a week. As if, like, I knew she was going to say yes. 30 minutes later, she says, we'd love to have you. And 230 people are in heaven because of that. There are obstacles. There are situations in your life where you're stuck and you don't know what to do. It's not going to be solved by you praying. It's going to be solved by you stopping and God speaking a word. You guys can stand. I want to pray for you real quick. You guys can bow your heads and close your eyes. I just believe that there are some of you in this room where you, you are convinced. You are convinced that God wants to speak and you've never heard his voice. And I want to pray for you. God, there are some of you, there are some, some of your kids, some of your sheep in this room, God, who, who long to hear your voice. God, thank you that you are a speaking God. You're a speaking God. It's your nature to speak. And your children, your sheep, they want to lean in, God, and they want to hear it. God, remove the fear. Remove the shame. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. There are some of us in this room, God, we're afraid of hearing your voice. We're afraid you might say something. God, you already see all the things we've done and you still love us, you still pursue us. God, perfect love cast out all fear. God, I pray against that fear of condemnation, fear of shame, that we would lean in and hear your voice. God, I pray for those that used to hear your voice and they haven't in a while. Remind them it's a choice, God. That you're always there, waiting and longing to hear from us. I pray, Jesus, that everyone in this room, who hear the sound of my voice, that, they would, that you would speak to them. You'd give them direction, God. I pray, Lord, for those that are, that are hurting in their marriage, 
that are hurting in their career, hurting financially, God, they're stuck. They don't know what to do, God. Would you speak to them, Jesus? I pray for those that are depressed, God, that are lonely, that they've had trauma in their life, and they need to hear that you love them, God. Not in a general way. Yes, we know that you so love the world, but they need to hear you say, I love you. God, would you speak, God? We long to hear your voice, Jesus. I just feel led to pray for those of you that are at church for the very first time, and you're wondering what Christianity is all about. Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. It's a relationship with the living God. And Jesus lived long before Elijah and Moses, thousands of years ago. That's why they knew who he was. He's the one that created the world. And this God, 2,000 years ago, became a man in the person of Jesus. And what separates Christianity and every other religion, you do things to get close to God in Christianity. God does all the work to be close to us. In other religions, you have to do work. The work of a Christian is to believe in the cross, that Jesus died on a cross for our sin, to pay our penalty, so that we could be forgiven, we could be brought near. And starting a relationship with Jesus is not about doing something or going somewhere. It's about believing in Jesus. Say, I want to be led by your voice. With every eye closed and every head bowed, if that's you today, and you want to start a relationship with Jesus, this living God who loves you, who wants to speak to you, who wants to lead you and guide you all the days of your life, you just be willing to raise your hands on the count of three. One, two, three. Between, just, no one's looking. No one's looking. This is between me and you. Yes, I see your hand over there, over there, over there. You can put your hand down. If that was you and you, you raised your hand. Would you just pray this prayer? Thank you, Jesus leaving heaven and dying for me. Thank you, Jesus, for paying my penalty for the things that I did. I repent, which simply means I turn. I turn from my way of life and I come to you, Jesus. God, would you be my shepherd? Would you guide my life with your voice? God, would you teach me how to hear your voice? I want to follow you. I want to love you. I want to be led by you all the days of my life. And everybody said... Thanks so much for listening. We hope this message impacted you and inspires you to draw closer to Jesus. Subscribe to this podcast and give us a follow on Instagram at Centerset Church to keep up with all that God is doing in our community. Also, we'd love to be in prayer with you. If you have any prayer requests, please send them to info at centerset.church.